WKCR FM New York, WKCR HD1. This is Jazz Alternatives. <laughs> I'm Mitch Goldman, and holy smokes, the ghost of WKCR past, the Sultan of Monday nights, Mr. Monday Live himself. <laughs> live, live and direct in the studios. I reintroduce you. To Andy Caplow. Thank you very much. Because I would like to be reintroduced to myself. (laughs) Please. You're quite a guy. Uh, So I've been told. You're a beautiful, beautiful man. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're just projecting again, Mitch. I am. I am. It's Uh, too bad that radio can't be visual, Mitch. No, it's not. Actually, your your many uh, hundreds of thousands of listeners would love (laughs) to see how you are presenting yourself right now. Some things are better left to the imagination. Some things never change. <laughs> WKCR, God bless it. Now, if you don't know, if you're if you've just joined us in the last thirty five years, <laughs> if you've just joined us, you might not know that this show, the progenitor of this show, was created by Andy Kaplow. Is my progenitor showing it's right not, now? No, because it's radio. And Andy, uh, well, not to overtoot or anything, but has Please gone don't. into an illustrious career of creation and production and wonderful imagination. And um, But uh, I'll put it succinctly enough to say, no Kaplow, no Goldman. Because I used to listen to that show way back in the primordial ooze. You know, thank God that the protesters in Washington are not chanting that right now. (laughs) No Kaplow, no Goldman. No Kaplow, no Goldman. That really really could catch on, but probably closer to home, maybe on the campus of Columbia University in the city of New York. Now, usually on this show, we uh, have a musician guest and we dive into some music that uh, of of hopefully uh, interest to the guest and myself as well. But this is a little bit of a departure. But you and I have a big overlap in taste, partly because my taste was largely formed listening to your show. <laughs> so yes, it that, was, it, it, it was given to you. Uh, full handed blown. on a silver platter. Like, like Venus on the half shell, Botticelli. <laughs> I did not have to do very much at all. But I'm digging into my bag of magic tricks because somewhere in here, oh, here we go. I have a little I'm digging list. into mine too. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What, what have we got here? I actually, I did a great deal of research 
And Andy, you uh, tickled a uh, a very um, very very deep part of me with your suggestion of what we might present tonight. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm very excited about this. And I went um, I went wading through the archives. Uh-huh. And it sounds, that actually does sound like a little bit of KCR theater, but we really do, largely from your efforts and mine over the years, and many other people on whose shoulders we stand have built up a significant archive of live recordings Mm -hmm. and this one man this is one of those things that uh people almost wouldn't believe if they weren't about to hear it right now you know i think i might have been at this show i bet you were because this was the third of december 1979 oh no i was not if it was 78 i might have been there because i was hanging pretty heavily at the tin palace in the late 70s, but uh, also the mid-70s. I mean, it was it was really one of those fantastic New York City haunts for such tremendous creative music. Where, where Tell us about it. Well, the Tin Palace, what, it was on uh, the Bowery, right? Yeah, Somewhere right. around like 6th Street or so, Not maybe 4th, uh, something like that. It's like the third. next corner above CBGB. It was like, uh, yeah, Phoebe's. It's, it's where right, Fe- right yeah. near Phoebe's. It's the next block up from Bleecker. It's right there. Uh, what do I look like a corner. GPS over here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me put it into Waze. <laughs> there you go. Um, but you know that what was great about the Tin Palace was that it had such a fantastic music policy that you could show up without even knowing who the artists were, and you were guaranteed to have something so exciting and stimulating. And as people know, who are uh, devotees of live music in New York. Sometimes you could go out for every night for months on end. Yeah. And, you know, you can become inured. But I never had that experience at the Tin Palace. It was always like so great, you know, seeing uh, Henry Threadgill mm. or Arthur Blythe or, uh, you know, so many. So many great people, Blood Ulmer. Mm. I mean, man, you know, it was it was happening, and there was so little uh, barrier between the audience and the artists that it was it was just a a great place to sort of, you know, go in in whatever state you were in, altered or otherwise, and uh, the musicians would pick you up and take you somewhere else. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then you spill back out on the streets of the Lower East Side. <laughs> That's and right. Don't go back there looking for it because oh yeah, it ain't there now. And it was called the Tin Palace because it had that um, Soho. Well, this is slightly north of Houston Street, but it had that Soho banged tin ceiling and walls. I, Do you I know think why places why. had tin ceilings? I don't. In New no. York, no. Goes back to gas lamps. Ah, fire safety. Yeah. Nice. Uh-huh. Okay. There's still a few around out there, but uh-huh. maybe not right in that neighborhood like there was well, then. Tin is a is a a combination of I'm not a metallurgist, but I believe tin is a combination of uh uh oh no, bronze is a combination of iron and tin, isn't that right? I think you're thinking copper and zinc perhaps. Copper and zinc. Okay. Let me take out the <laughs> periodic table of elements that I carry with me and refer uh, no, I'm deeply confused, Mitch. But you so, know that. I think that's why I'm here. So, uh, who's in the band tonight? 
Uh, well, fantastic research you did here. You found a quartet led by oh, Ed mm. Blackwell. Mm. Oh, man. I mean, there's another one. You know, yeah. did he ever bring less than his highest level of artistic self to any performance you ever heard? No. I mean, do you ever remember him mailing it in? Never at all. And he, you know what? And he, he had pretty serious health issues for at, at a long, life, long yeah. time. Mm-hmm. That was he was dealing with that. I think even right. at this time. And man, you saw him on the bandstand. Yep. You know, it's funny. He brought I, it. He really yeah. brought it. Whoever he was with. I remember. You know, it's funny. I remember my first impression of seeing him, and I, I expected this, uh, you know, explosion of energy coming from the drum chair. And um, I was amazed the first time I saw him and every time after that, the economy that he played with. Yeah. Yeah, he was, there was something really visual about his hands. Yeah, and he, but he, he didn't like bash the drums, he, but he, no. man, his time was just. Uh. Right, and of course he hailed from New Orleans. So yes. he was, you know, he had that born in the in the streets uh, percussion uh, perspective, and uh, here he is in a quartet. He's leading the quartet, by the way, which would, right. you did not always see him leading. He was usually you'd see him. It's very rare, in fact. Yeah, yeah, too rare. Right. So it's Blackwell with Ahmed Abdullah on trumpet, Charles Brackeen on tenor saxophone, and the wonderful Mark Elias on bass. Wow. It's a magic little moment, and thanks to Annie, I'm going to give you credit for recording this because uh, I don't know actually who did it, but I'm going to say that it was you. And I, uh, I did not. This is actually a recording of a KCR broadcast. Mm-hmm. The first voice you'll hear is not identified, but it's Ahmed Abdullah, the trumpeter, and he's talking about one of the other members of the group. All right, let let's check it out. This is uh, this is a little magic. From the WKCR archives, you will not hear this. We're going back in time now. Anywhere else but here, yeah. December 3rd, 1979. Andy Kaplow's my guest. I'm Mitch Goldman, and we are in it now. WKCR. We got that, and now we move on to another uh, chapter in the life, right? This is um, an experience that that I had uh, with uh, the, the man who comes into my life, it seems like, every seven years, right? So I guess he's due for a visit now because uh, that was, uh, let me see, it was 1979 and it was 1987, now it's 1994. So I guess I'm due to run into Charles Burkean again and play some music with him. And this is um, this is was done uh, right after we did a couple of uh, nights at another club in New York City that um, that, that fed into, uh, into the law of circuit, right? Um, there was the Tin Palace. It was on Second uh, Street and uh, in the Bowery, and the Tin Palace booked a number of acts, uh, you know, throughout that period of time. And one of them was the Ed Blackwell Quartet, and I was fortunate enough to work with Ed Blackwell in 1979, and uh, we were playing once again the music of Charles Brackeen. Now, even though this was not the melodic quartet, it was the Ed Blackwell Quartet. You find uh, many similarities as far as the music is concerned, because it is the music of Charles Brackeen. And this was a recording that was never issued, um, and uh, you get to hear some of it.
is WKCR FM New York. What? <laughs> I thought I was the ghost in the machine. <laughs> you, you are. We we are we are deep in it now, Andy. Yeah. We started out just kind of like skirting around the edges of it, but we we are down the rabbit hole now. No way out. No way. We're uh, so that was a live recording from the legendary and uh, lovingly remembered. Tin Palace yes. down on the Bowery when the Bowery was the Bowery. <laughs> <laughs> I think it still is, though, Mitch. Yeah. And uh, beautiful, beautiful um, performance led by Ed Blackwell. That was Ahmed Abdullah playing the trumpet. You heard his voice introducing that piece, talking about his great musical compadre, Charles Brackeen. Mm-hmm. And a uh, heavy feature, I would say, for, well, all four of them. But uh, Mark Elias getting a lot of solo space in there, The too. wonderful Mark Elias. And, you know, he's somebody that I kind of, I can't remember exactly why, but associate you with maybe just as a fan, or did you work with him? Or? I, you know, I did a lot of projects with him when I was at WKCR and then also at good old CTV, Columbia Television. Oh. We did a, a, a really fun project together. It was beset as many productions in that era were with technical difficulties i believe was the parlance of the time <laughs> indeed and but, uh, did i did i say andy caplow back in the hot seat hit with me here and monday night <laughs> uh where are those archives does anybody oh look after i them? have them do you really i have them oh yes. fantastic yes three quarter inch videotape masters and uh there is yes we did a beautiful piece of mark elias solo and he pre-produced some analog solo bass tracks. Well, I guess because he had multiple uh, tracks on them, they mm-hmm. were not quite solo. But then we did a live playback in the studio, and he played live along with it, and it was quite, quite fun stuff back in the in the early 1980s. Wow, when I was a college student here, <laughs> Mitch. Now, uh, nothing's changed, by the not, way. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, Blackwell, too, was somebody yes. that you. Oh, yes. I had a, a, a real love for Ed Blackwell's sound. And he was such a wonderful guy. And he was a, a big fan of WKCR, you know. I mean, we mined uh, the depths to give him recordings of Baby Dodds Wow! that uh, he had heard on the air and, you know, got him copies of that wow. stuff. And uh, he was, at the time, a professor at Wesleyan. Oh, yeah, right. Sure, sure, sure. And so he came down and did a number of shows uh, live on the air with uh, Abraham Adzenya, who was uh, a wonderful African percussionist who was also on the faculty at Wesleyan. And he came down and did some things with some students, as I recall, mm-hmm. on the air. I'm sure they're in the KC archives. Well, we're gonna we're gonna plumb those archives. We're gonna, bit. I think, dig, delve and dive. Yeah, yeah. While the balance of the set plays, but um, what any impressions listening to this back? I don't know if you'd ever even heard it before. No, I never had. Um, well, you know what was really interesting to me is that the instant uh, Blackwell hits that uh, snare. Yeah. It's just so automatically recognizable for me. Yeah. Um, and as I was saying, you know, there's something, the sound in a way, in a mysterious kind of way, carries a visual for me. Um, one of the early times I ever uh, 
saw Ed Blackwell play live was with Old and New Dreams. Mm. And all those guys were close friends of those of us doing programming in those years at WKCR, uh, both live on the air and interviews and certainly shows that we did remote recordings for in places like the Jazz Forum back when it was on Broadway and even... No, I don't think we did Old New Dreams at uh, at uh, on Cooper Square, but we, we did other recordings from Cooper Square with the Jazz Forum. Old New Dreams, Blackwell with... Charlie Don Cherry, Hayden, Don mm-hmm. Cherry, Dewey Redman. Right. And they were so wonderful. They weren't uh, working with Ornette in those years, but they, of course, were, you know, uh, uh, but what, what, what's the word? Alchemized. Yeah, by, uh, indeed. By Ornette Coleman uh, in years past. And um, they had such a beautiful thing going. But what I was going to say was that, you know, I remember one of the first shows I ever heard, Old and New Dreams. I was sitting way up in the balcony at a gig in Boston, and it was really cold, and there was no heat in the theater. I can't, rem- I can't remember the name of the theater, but um, Places Blackwell. Places get away with stuff like that back then. It's <laughs> I crazy. Guess so. Especially doing creative music, you know. Um, but the instant they hit, you know, I was just completely mesmerized with Blackwell's, how you were talking about how economical he was. His hands were just... You know, like they hardly moved yeah. in a way, and yeah. I, albeit from a, a pretty far perspective. Uh, and the sound was just, it just spoke so directly to me. Uh, so I always loved going to hear him in whatever configurations he was working, whether it was uh, duos or, you know, with Dewey or. Uh, duos with Dewey. Duos with Dewey. Yeah, <laughs> even some do overs. Yeah. Cherry, it's funny, yeah. Uh, Don Cherry always preferred the word duet. Yes. He didn't like duo. Duet. Okay. All right. But duos. Well, I think duo I think duo means something kind of untoward in Swedish. Well, that would explain that. But you know what? Another memory comes to mind, WKCR listeners, Andy Caplow producing a KCR fundraiser that I, ah. as a listener, attended ah. that Ed Blackwell played at, that Mark Elias played at. Right, yes. the aforementioned Jazz Forum. Yeah, who did Elias play with? I think he, uh, I think he was played he with... with uh, um, I think he played with Carl Berger. Oh, that. yeah, okay, that makes sense. And uh, Leroy Jenkins yeah, was on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't that the same band, yeah, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. uh, Blakey didn't write in Jazz yeah. Messengers, too, I think. No, no. no? But Different Fre- But Fred Hirsch, speaking of great bassists, I think Fred did a solo thing at that show. He was wonderful. And Max Roach played at that. Right. Yeah, Max did a solo. Right, that's right. And we called it Three Quarters of a Dream. Yeah. It was um, Everybody But Cherry. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, right, that was... Uh, and um, Charlie Hayden did a number of things for us. He did some studio recordings that we had support from Meet the Composer from in those years. And he was a trip, man. Always. (laughs) God bless him. Of blessed memory, Charlie Hayden. Oh, yeah. May his soul rise higher and higher, (laughs) along with Blackwell and Cherry. Yes. And Dewey. And And Ornette. Yes. 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 Well, this, uh, Blackwell's the only member of that ensemble here, but there is something very recognizable in this set to me. Um, The fellowship and sharing and genuine affection and warmth and that 
always came through in that music I'm hearing mm-hmm. in this set too. Yeah, you know it's interesting you say that the the fellowship as in fraternité. Ah, uh, way. You know, I was thinking about um, the first time I went to Paris in nineteen. Bum I was there at uh, the New Morning <laughs> sure. Jazz Club. And I was on my own, just, you know, staying with friends of friends and tripping around the city and uh, with a backpack. Sure. And um, showed up at New Morning, and there was Helias working with Dewey and uh, Eddie Moore. Oh, yeah, The sure. drummer from sure, sure. San Francisco. Yeah, uh, Dewey's, Dewey's ace buddy. Right. From, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was like, wow, you know, talk about fellowship. They were like, it was like, old home week you know i went in there in my raggedy clothes and they were like come on you know <laughs> it was like uh it was like coming home ah well speaking of coming home we're at the tin palace december 3rd 1979 and ed blackwell's leading quartet with ahmed abdullah charles brackeen mark elias on trumpet tenor saxophone and bass respectively she sounds so professional. Oh, uh, you know, that's what we do. How do you do that? How do you do <laughs> that? Give you lessons. <laughs> and uh, Andy Kaplow's here with me tonight. What a delight. Uh, let's go back to the Tin Palace. What else is there to say? Hey, we got to shut up and listen, it's man. WKCR.
Yes, the Ed Blackwell Quartet, December 3rd, 1979, from a studio recording that was never issued, done after a couple of days' performance at the Tin Palace um, in 1979. It was the uh, song, the last song you heard was the one that was written by Charles Brackeen, as were the other compositions, and Charles Brackeen was the composer on tenor saxophone, Mark Elias was on bass, and of course Ed Blackwell was the leader of the of the date on drums, <coughs> and myself, Ahmed Abdul on trumpet. Well, shut yeah. my mouth. <laughs> well, go ahead, Ahmed. <laughs> I thought that was a live recording. That was how it was presented, and I hadn't heard that part. And there's the voice of Ahmed Abdullah, who would know. Now, is it just me, Mitch, or... Do you feel like during the break before the next set, we should run over to the Kiev and get some kielbasa and eggs? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I think I might have to get a little uh, matzo ball soup, too. And that, I prefer the mushroom barley. <laughs> oh, man, that was good stuff. <laughs> you know, when you were broke in those days, that you could, there were still pierogies. That was a whole meal. Just, the, <laughs> you know, a bowl of soup and that challah. And you didn't know who you would bump into at three in the morning. At the oh, Kia. <laughs> I have more than a few stories. <laughs> yeah, Allen Ginsberg. I was telling somebody about uh, having <laughs> some kielbasa and eggs. And uh, Allen Ginsberg, having a whole conversation with him at the next table. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was definitely... There were, you know, sidebar to all this, there were... He's one of those people that... At that time in New York, and still like this to a considerable extent, but it's not quite the same in my mind, of authentic musical gourmands. The people who, aside from, had nothing to do with whether they were, what they might do, what they might be known for doing. They loved music, they loved the scene, and they were out in it. Mm -hmm. Allen Ginsberg was one of those, and you would encounter him, and if you had... Something to say, he probably would have something to say back. Yeah. Cecil Taylor, Doc Pomus, Lou Reed. Right. You know, people that were just... Just hanging out. They were there. You were there. They were there. They were there. The same reason you were there. Right. They weren't there to be seen. Joey Ramone. It's interesting that you say musical gourmand. Yes. <laughs> because, you know, there, there was an element of sort of overconsumption in those years, too. <laughs> Especially true. for people like us who... You know, we're able to get in free because we had radio shows. Right. Yes, that's I true. I mean, I, you know, I must have gone in those years to the Village Vanguard at least once a week. Yeah, yeah. For many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that all came from WKCR because uh, I had interviewed Max Gordon, the late great proprietor of the Vanguard, uh, when his, uh, the first volume of his memoir came out mm, live right, at the yeah. Village Vanguard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he came up, and I did it as a news interview, because I was trying to, you know, gain some territory for nice. jazz program content. And uh, it went so well. It was a half-hour show. It went so well that we immediately recorded a part two. And uh, he said, come on down to the club. You know, so we got into uh, a cab, which was quite an extravagance for me in those years. Yeah. And he brought me down. And he insisted on going out to dinner first. So I think we went, uh, I can't remember the name of the place, above the Cafe, Cafe Dante on McDougal Street. You probably know yeah. the name of it. Um, I remember the place. Yeah. 
But so I, we're up yeah. there, and he, you know, of course, he, he was treated like royalty. And people were coming up, you know, and almost literally kissing his ring, yeah. including Odetta, which wow. was the first time that I met her. Mm. And uh, that was quite something. And then we went to uh, the Vanguard together. And we walked in, and I can't remember who was playing. It might even have been Dexter Gordon. Wow. Yeah. And uh, But we walked in, and uh, Cliff was in the door. <laughs> and I mean, I was already going there. But, you know, we came in, and Max, to, you know, the, all the waiters and waitresses setting things up, he said like this. He goes, this guy never pays. <laughs> And you rode that. And, oh, man. That lasted for at least three or four years. Well past the death of Mr. Gordon. Yeah. May his soul Both rise higher and higher. Yes, and Lorraine is gone now, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, it was, uh, it was a moment that we got to enjoy. And you know what? Let me – a cynical person might say that these musicians had uh, ulterior – motives for being as kind to us as they were but really well i mean you know we're presenting their music on the radio but that would utterly miss the 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 real essence of how uh giving these people were i i think we were all in a fellowship as you were saying i think that was just the right word you know i i remember once i was in los angeles in those years and i went to uh check out Steve Lacey, mm. who was playing, I think, with Mal Waldron mm. somewhere. And, uh, you know, I said hello to Steve, and he, and he was like, a, a, you know, the big thing. It was like, KCR, WKCR, wow. And, and I think he used the, the word, you know, what a fraternity, which, of course, really? in his case, being a, a you know, a, an expat resident of La France. Right. He was. Uh, he meant it in the fraternité sense, you know, wow. that we were talking about before. But yeah, so you know, this was, you know, so maybe maybe you're right. You know, there was some using in different directions. But you know, we as student programmers and producers were certainly not taking any financial advantage. Oh of God, no, 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 no. These no. wonderful musicians who we just admired and honored and yeah. only wanted to have them do their greatest work yeah 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 absolutely and um but no i mean they you know i can't hear this music and not think of all those like great time spent with all of them and uh let me take a little moment to just point out how beautiful ahmed's tone is mm-hmm. and that oh, just he's there's a a lushness to it, you know. He's sure. I mean, all the the whole it's a great set. Um, I'm a little surprised to hear that it was a an album. I wonder if it subsequently was released. I don't know if this album ever. I never heard it anywhere yeah, else. It was. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, hey, it's exactly the stroke of seven o'clock here at WKCR FM New York, WKCR HD One, WKCR.org. My name is Mitch Goldman here with you for another couple hours with. Andy Kaplow. Bing bong. And I, uh, the big Andy. hour of seven o'clock. <laughs> Andy, between us, we'd have to throw Jonathan Gill and Ethan Singer in the mix, but <laughs> we've been holding the spot down Monday nights for 
a goodly chunk of time now. Jonathan Gill uh, is himself an expat. He lives in Amsterdam now. So I, did you know that? I you had told me that. Yeah, you had told me that. Are you in touch with him? Um, every once in a while, uh, we will communicate. Yeah, he uh, he has a family over there. He teaches. Uh, the last I heard, he was writing something about the intersection of black culture and Jewish culture. So I can't really say any more than that because I have no idea what the substance was really about. But I guess, you know, Gershwin, right? Among others, sure. Doc Pomus, you mentioned. I did there indeed. And I'll happily do it again. Now, uh, we got, we're, we're in the archives still, man. We're, this is. This is no joke. It might sound like um, uh, some pretense or something of uh, broadcasting, but there is a cavern here that Andy and I just emerged from. We were in there while you were listening to Blackwell, and we came up with another profundity. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even joking, man. Mm-hmm. I am not even joking. What do we got? Wow. Well, you know, Ed Blackwell on the brain, in the ear, that's our chosen segue. And, of course, you produced the fabulous uh, Don Cherry Festival over these airwaves many years ago. Yeah. And Blackwell and Cherry had a well-celebrated duet. Duet. I should say. Yes, Don would say duet. <laughs> yes, indeed. And... um so we're going to hear something from the two of them. So now they, um, an immediate association from them is with Ornette Coleman's original quartet, or shortly thereafter, Blackwell taking the drum chair, and um, but also Old New Dreams and duet recordings, some beloved recordings of the two of them mm-hmm. that have came out over the years. But there's more. They... And this is another... There's MERS. There's MERS. So this, yeah, we're going to MERS in West Germany. It says Germany. It was actually West Germany. It's a WDR. Yeah, it's a VDR. Yeah. May of 1983. I remember it well. (laughs) The the Eissporthalle. Ah, have you been there? I have not been to the Eissporthalle. I've Mm -hmm. been to MERS, though. Mm-hmm. And you had a little Hans Brinker phase, didn't you? You were, did. you were a skater. To, I was known to uh, cut the ice, yeah. Bit, right. bit, you know. um, never quite made it to the Merz Ice Sportale, but Don Cherry and Ed Blackwell did. God bless him. Mm. Shall we? What else is there to say? Don's here on his pocket trumpet. He plays some piano and Deuce and Goonie. You hear the string instrument. Ooh, That's nice. Don's. Uh, Hunter guitar from Molly and vocalizing, and Ed Blackwell playing the drums. How about some flute? Does he play any flute on this? I think we might hear a little flute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the stuff, man. This is my stuff. WKCR-FM. WKCR-FM. Andy Kaplow here with you. And Mitch Goldman.
It's a deep focus from Monday, July 23rd, 2018. Andy Kaplow in the studio with me. Man, we are having a lot of fun. I hope you are too. Hey, greetings from Midtown Manhattan. Can you hear that horn honking out there? It's real. It's not even a sound effect or anything. Okay, you know all the usual stuff. Check us out on Instagram, subscribe, like us up. It's all the same stuff I always say. You just heard part one of three parts. There's two more parts. Go get them. Really would love to know what you think. Uh, if you got a minute, share with us or make a comment or whatever. And uh, mean a lot. Okay. Glad you're along. <laughs> 